it's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the mic for hire, the podcast, mercenary himself, Christian Droll Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the Sony film based on the play, Sony PlayStation series, Uncharted. And the film is called Uncharted. And it is directed by Ruben Fleischer, screenplay by Rafa Lee Judkins, Art Markham, Matt Holloway, and story by Rafa Lee Judkins, John Hanley, Rosenberg, and Mark D. Walker. This is based, obviously, in the Naughty Dog game Uncharted series, uh, produced by Charles Brulevin, Abby Arad, and Alex Gardner. Now, this film stars Tom Holland as the titular character, Nathan Drake. Uh, we got ourselves uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg plays Sully, which is such a strange... Let me just say the casting of this was not what I expected. I'm not mad at it, but it's not what I would have picked. Um, it's just another thing where I'm just like, okay, maybe I'm being a little nitpicky, maybe I'm not. Who knows? All I know is that this film was supposed to come out, or it was announced in 2008, and the fact that it came out in 2022, it's like it says a lot because it is very hard to make a film based on a video game, especially when a video game is technically based off a film. So we got a game that inspired a movie, but because the game was inspired by a movie, <laughs> now we're making a film about the game that's inspired by the... So let me just make it easier for you to understand. Uncharted was definitely inspired by the Indiana Jones films, right? The game was like, let's make Indiana Jones but a millennial and somewhat more... Um, or maybe a Gen Xer, but someone more younger and relatable. In the game series, it almost played like a film, which is one of the better aspects of the film uh, of the game. Is that the cinematography within the game was so good, it felt like you were playing through a movie. Like there are parts of the game where the black bars come out like you're in a theater, and in the game you're like, wow, this feels very cinematic, and this would translate well into film. But of course it would translate well as a film because it was literally ripped off of Indiana Jones. Now I'm just I'm not saying it's only based off Indiana Jones, but let's be honest, there are a lot of aspects of Indiana Jones in the film. He doesn't use a whip. Uh, I mean in the game I should say. He doesn't use a whip, he uses guns. It's a little bit more action-packed, a little bit more, you know, shoot and uh, cover shoot and action fighting based in the Indiana Jones series and definitely more uh, harder. Not saying it's rated R, but the game is definitely rated teen, I believe, or is it? And I, I forget, it's been so long. But that being said, the film is definitely takes elements from the Uncharted series, but it doesn't quite feel exactly like the Uncharted characters. It almost feels like a reimagining where Nathan Drake is played by Tom Holland, aka Spider Man. And Tom Holland, not a bad actor, not at all. I, I get why they chose him. He's definitely. The, one of the bigger leading guys right now and definitely under the Sony banner why not have him in another franchise hopefully this will become another huge blockbuster for Sony considering they haven't had many in the last few years and Spider-Man being the biggest film they've ever had period of course they're going to re-sign Tom Holland to a different project so this also gives Tom Holland something else to do besides the MCU which I understand it he wants to get out of the world of the MCU and Spider-Man and do other films so why not make another franchise in Uncharted? And you know what? This actually was way more than I expected. Like, it definitely over-delivered. Um, I went in there knowing that, hey, I heard good reviews about it. And, you know, the straight-up box office. Now, mind you, when I say the straight-up box office, I mean that, yes, a lot of people saw it. Obviously, out of curiosity. The first week, we made a big opening weekend. I believe it was like $50 million. I'm like, okay, 
and mind you, we're still in this pandemic, guys. We're still within COVID. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's still freaking out about it. I'm just saying, in general, a lot of people have been accustomed to watching movies at home the last year and a half. That going to the theater is not something they do often unless it's a really huge title like that new Batman film coming out or the new Spider-Man movie that just came out. Movies that have a blockbuster appeal. This is technically a blockbuster, but it's a new property. It is not an established one, meaning it's the first film in the franchise. There will be curiosity because, again, there's that video game curse that we say for movies. And I think somewhere along the line of like the Mortal Kombat series uh, and maybe recently Sonic the Hedgehog film being such hits in theaters that Uncharted didn't seem like a bad thing to do. But then again, we got to understand what Sony's trying to do here, right? Sony Pictures is not uh, Disney. It's not Warner Brothers. It doesn't have a comic book. Um, I mean, yes, it has Spider-Man and characters of the Spider-Man world, but it doesn't have its own intellectual properties of like its own comics where it can just make movies without the need of Marvel. So they needed some more IP under their banner. And why not take all their video game titles that they actually own and make films out of them? It doesn't seem like a terrible idea in hindsight. I mean, yes, we're taking a game series and making it to a film. How does that translate? Obviously, it doesn't always work out because Assassin's Creed was a flop in the box office and everyone hated it. I haven't still not seen it because I, need, I heard it was so bad that that's neither here nor there. Sony's like, let's take the properties we have and really make them come to life. And with this film being the first of the Sony PlayStation World characters on film, it, it was actually good. I was really enjoying it. It wasn't the best film out there, but it wasn't terrible. It's definitely something that was worth watching, uh, exciting, visually, story-driven. I mean, let's just get let's get into it, all right? So, Uncharted was based on the video game series of the same name, developed by Naughty Dog Studios and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It stars Tom Holland and as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as his soon-to-be mentor, Victor Sully Sullivan. And we got Sophia Ali in the movie, Tati Gabrielle in the movie, Antonio Banderas in the movie, in supporting roles. Um, the film is Drake is being recruited by Sully because he needs him in a race against corrupt billionaire Santiago Moncada, played by Armanderas, and his mercenary leader, Joe Braddock, who's played by the lovely Tati Gabrielle, and um, to this local fabled treasure of the Matt. Mad, Mag Magajan Expedition and it's a simple we're trying to find this pirate ship with all this gold and it's somewhere in the world and you and your brother as children were researching this apparently Nathan and his brother Sam were very much into the adventurous life considering their ancestor allegedly is Francis Drake who's like this big I guess 1500s historic uh, sailor who traveled the seas looking for treasures so S Sam and him his older brother Sam and him are obsessed with finding this lost treasure that no one has yet to find it's been a tale of legends it's never been confirmed but that's what the whole film is it's a treasure hunt that sadly um, because of the circumstances well let's just go with it Sam and Nathan are caught in the museum in the, in, I guess the Museum of uh, History in Boston. And I'm thinking to myself, is there any museum of history specifically? I know there's a museum of arts, 
Museum of Science, uh, African American History Museum. There's a lot of museums in Boston, but they're all kind of like specific things. They're not, it's not just a broadly uh, history museum. It's like the museums of certain and such categories, but there are many museums in Boston. Of course, I know this because I'm from Massachusetts and Boston is like literally 20 minutes away. So I go there often when I, when I can, not during COVID, but before that I used to go there all the time. But yeah, so these kids are sneaking into museums. So you know, they're definitely, they're not your typical kids. They're, they're trying to get this treasure map or get their hands on it and they narrowly escape. So they're caught either way by, and they live, I believe, in an orphanage. So they got like nuns. It was like a Catholic orphanage. So the nuns there are reprimanding them. And Sam is almost of age to be an adult. So I guess he's about to leave and escape because he's going to go to juvie. And Drake is there, like, Nathan Drake's like, they're like, man, I can't wait to be older so I can go and go treasure hunting. And this creates this bond between Sam and Nathan because he doesn't think he's going to see his brother for a long time. But you have to keep in touch, sending postcards and whatever because he's just gonna escape so it's 15 years later nate works at a bar as a bartender in new york city at some fancy red sea place i mean it looks like any bar in the west village so i'm assuming it's somewhere around that area maybe maybe even tribeca i don't know it looks like one of those nicer bars where you have to wear an actual vest and you know you look nice you can't just go in there in a freaking you know raggedy t-shirt and he's talking to this girl who's a customer and he pickpockets a bracelet off her after like you know flirting with her a little bit and getting her confidence as he gets the best drink for her and then Sully's there in the background just paying attention and this is where Nathan's like wait a minute this guy he's kind of rubbing me the wrong way he's like sir you gotta leave and then there's the thing where Sully's like I'll, I'll, I'll leave but um then he brought to the attention that he that he knows that he pickpocketed the girl and then he's trying to like get him to do this treasure hunting thing and this is where Nate's like no sir you're a weirdo get out of here we're closing up and as he's trying to reach his back pocket to see the bracelet that he stole it wasn't there why because he just got robbed himself by Sully so one pickpocket to another he got snatched up real quick and then he did find uh, Sully's business card within his back pocket so it was like a little switcheroo and it's this weird part of me that's like, okay, this seems like a cool film. If it wasn't called Uncharted, it would be a great film. But the fact we kind of tie it into the game series, we try to tie in the personalities. We're talking here about personalities that are clashing because in the game, Nathan Drake comes off someone in his mid-30s who's rugged and he's played voice by the great actor Nolan North, who actually makes a cameo in this film, by the way. Um, and in the game, the voice acting is impeccably great. So you're already setting yourself up for failure, for com you know, comparing the iconic voices on the game. But it's also a different realm because one is a video game and the other one is a film. So the film, as a film, it stood its ground. I think it was a decent enough movie. Could have been better. It definitely could have been better. I feel like if this movie came out 10 years ago and you got a younger Nathan Fillion, it would have been a perfect casting because that's what everyone wanted to be Nathan Drake in this damn movie. 10 years ago, he would have been perfect size, age, everything. But now we're at a point where he's closer to Sully's age than he is to Nathan Drake's character's age. And I get it. But you could have put a Jensen Ackles in this role and it would have worked. But you have to go for name and face value like a Tom Holland. But I, I don't know. Tom Holland doesn't even have the haircut that Nathan Drake has. But then again, the haircut Nathan Drake has is kind of dated for today's time. So I guess a contemporary cut would have made more sense. 
I'm just nitpicking here, okay, guys? I'm just saying the things that I went in there with negatively, and I actually left the theater actually having fun. It wasn't a bad film at all. But part of the film in here is, uh, okay, so where are we, where, where are we discussing? My apologies. I'm kind of jumping over the place. Uh, so here we go where Nathan is uh, received several postcards from Sam over the years, agrees to help Sully in order to, like, finish this treasure chest for his brother and hopefully find him. Sully and Nathan, they go to this auction house, this freaking ritzy-ass auction house in New York City, and um, they have a pass to get in, because you only can be someone of, like, status and, and money to get in there, because obviously these are, like, million-dollar auctions for, like, art pieces and stuff. So they go in there, and they meet their uh, soon-to-be rivals, which was Antonio Banderas' character, Santiago Moncada, who's of House Moncada, and apparently he's there to grab this ancient key, that is actually a keepsake of the family, so it's technically an heirloom, and he has to pay to get back because obviously it was lost somewhere in time where it, but it belongs to his house. And he's the last descendant of the same Moncada family who funded uh, Magdalene's expedition. And Joe Braddock, who is this lady that this tall black woman, skinny model like figure, and he's the leader of the mercenaries hired by Moncada. And don't be, don't be so. Uh, don't go easy on the eyes because she's a woman. She is a killer. And Nate gets ambushed by Braddock's uh, men. And, and then they start fighting. And funny enough, throughout the film, there is humor and there is fighting. But Nathan is more running than anything else. And that's the one thing I didn't like. He didn't look like he was whooping ass. He kind of looked like he was just fending for himself and escaping most of the film. Like, he barely had any gunplay. And a big part of the Uncharted games is cover shoot and there was none of that here there wasn't any action back and forth there was some gunplay in the end but my gosh it went into the whole movie for him to actually get the freaking uh the the, the signature i guess you can call it uh gun holsters that he has under his arms and it's like really this is how long it took for nathan drake to get the damn gun like, okay whatever it's not like it's a superhero costume you can you, you can just it's his gun but most of the film, he's just using parkour to survive and dodge. And, but he's causing a distraction so Sully can go and steal this key. And it was this whole heist situation. There was, it was part, you know, dramatic action and part humor. But at the end of the day, they get the key. So they head to Barcelona where they have to find the... Uh, well, they have two keys. One key is another assailant of theirs who is uh, this Chloe Fraser character. And Chloe is a untrustworthy thief, just like Sully is. And she, again, is played by Sophia Ali, Ali, and um, who's best known for uh, faking it on ABC medical drama series Grey's Anatomy in the Wilds. And this is a straight out of the video game. One of the characters that is from the game, and she is in the Uncharted series, and it's um, spinoffs. And she has no trust in Sully because she knows who Sully really is and what he's like. And then Nate, obviously, he's only doing this because he wants to finish this one last thing for his brother. He misses him dearly. He hasn't seen him in over a decade. And throughout this whole thing, they go through these tunnels, and they, they he's opened up this secret door in a, in a church somewhere, and they hijinks ensue where you see that they end up in a freaking underground like aqueduct and you almost get drowned and ain't Sully from the top to like hit the key at the same time and then that's when he meets Joe Braddock like a bunch of crazy shit happens throughout the film with this whole sequence of trying to locate this secret uh, treasure and once they finally get there so they're going through the catacombs between 
And <laughs> funny enough, it's almost like they're going through the sewers of the church, end up in a nightclub. I'm like, why is there a nightclub next to a church? I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to ask. It's Europe. Let's be honest. Europeans love to party, and clubs are anywhere, everywhere. Just like in my hometown, you will find a club next to a freaking church. So it's not that far-fetched of an idea to think about. And um, so, yeah, so apparently the secret doorway was blocked. So it's been open before, but it looks like it hasn't been open in decades or anything like that. So, because there's obviously a padlock, they, they kind of use bolt cutters to come through. But as you can see, it connects, it's not some secret like passageways or treasure, it's just a sewer system that leads to the um, vents of this club. But they activate the key because behind a bar is another key. So, Technically, you could have avoided the whole church thing had you known that you could just activate the keys. Oh, and that's funny. If you turn the keys, the counterclockwise, I believe, it shoots like these uh, booby traps and almost got Sully right in the face and, and, and Chloe and, and Nathan. They're like, no, move it clockwise. And then it opened the door, which moved this, I guess you could say, saint. Uh, you know, where the saints are held in Catholic churches. I don't know what it's called. Altar? There we go. The altar moves, they go through, end up in the club, and then they have a fight with Braddock's men who find them somehow. And then they finally get through this portion of... It's almost like a, a, a uh, dumbwaiter because of the trap door you can fit through, but then you end up in this base basin of water, and they almost drown this whole thing. It's just like, with the help of Sully, who has the other key, and he's over over them, he's able to free them so they can get out of there, because they drain all the water into this, like a trap, and it, it's like, it was real, like, you need the help of another to complete this quest, so like, you definitely need someone that's overground, not underground, in order to save them, and Chloe almost drowned in this, thankfully Nathan Drake revived her, and my lord this gets crazy because there's a lot of double crossing and they have to find they eventually find out they have to head to the philippines because that's where the last voyage was and that's where the treasure was buried and there's this part where chloe finally gains some trust but then she double crosses nathan but he's not stupid enough because to, to, to just get blindly trust this woman just because he attracted her they shared a room and everything as they're heading to this place in the Philippines where they ended up. Mind you, they didn't just end up in the Philippines. It was a whole sequence where they were on a, this cargo ship, one of uh, Moncada's cargo ships, and this is from the strip in the video game, where like Nathan Drake is just trying to hang through these cargo cargo carriages, and they're just hanging from each other and just trying to survive this free fall. Um, Moncada gets double-crossed by Braddock himself, because, of course, he's a mercenary, and this man is the same Mokada who killed his father. His father threatened to give away his whole family fortune, almost like, you know what, I'm almost dying, you don't need it. It's, I'm like, you, usually an inheritance is usually how it works, right? There's got to be an amount, but apparently, even with the inheritance, it was enough to give away most of his fortune to charity. His son was like, you know what, Dad, you're about to die anyway, so I might as well just kill you. And this guy kills his dad in cold blood with Braddock's help. But for nothing because Braddock double crosses him to get all the winnings of the of the treasure hunt so now we're just down to the mercenaries versus the two competing uh <laughs> jewel, jewel thieves I guess you can call them jewel thieves or you can just pretty much call them uh uh treasure hunters sure I guess that's a more <laughs> appropriate terminology but we know what they are everyone here's a thief it's like whoever gets it first 
it's dibs on you, but the whole film is nuts because they find these secret ships. Uh, Nathan does, that is. Uh, Sully, thankfully, has a tracker on him, so he's able to locate him because of his phone and GPS and all that. But his uh, friend, Chloe, who took the coordinates that he wrote down, she took the wrong coordinates. He wrote down a fake coordinates or somewhere off the distance where treasure wasn't, and that's where he threw her off because he knew he couldn't trust her. And it was smart of him not to trust her because then she would have beat him to it. But in the end, you see this big battle where um, Braddock gets these giant airships to carry the battleships, or I guess you could call it vessels, from this underground cave. But it, it's almost like, it's not underground, it's almost like a, what's it looking for, a lagoon, a, a quarry. Or actually more like an underground grotto of water. Yeah, that's because you have to swim under it. But the fact that Braddock just blew the door in that thing with explosives, <laughs> they, they took the ships out of there, and literally there was airship battles as they were throwing cannons at each other. And throughout the whole film, Nathan had the Zippo that his brother gave him as a keepsake, and it never works. Even Chloe's like, throw that old thing away, it's not gonna work. And last minute it did work, as he found some gunpowder on one of the treasure ships, and used it to shoot a cannon to the other ship. And, my gosh, it was a disaster. So through this whole adventure of like who to trust, who not to trust. Oh, then he finds out through Chloe that Sullivan was the reason that his brother Sam was dead because he was on a mission with him and Sully knew he needed Drake because he's the only person besides Sam who knows how to essentially get to, um, would get to this map and location and even Drake's like, really? You're still asking me this after you're admitting that you use me? And that's when they kind of lost their friendship. And towards the end, they were able to actually uh, make up and pretty much, you know, because Sully helped them. And they both were like, okay, so we have to throw away these treasure, this, these gold bars because the ships are going to sink. Something was kind of off the game, but Sully was able to get a bag full of gold and he had to throw it to attack somebody who was hanging through Nathan's leg as he was trying to get on his chopper and they couldn't fly to safety. But luckily, Nathan Drake's dorsal and he actually did take some gold with him and gave it to Sully. So even though the rest of the gold was claimed by the Coast Guard of the Philippines and now the government of the Philippines has the remains of these ships, there would have been billions, mind you, the ships alone apparently would have been billions each, there's two ships, to any museum in the world, but because they were battling and duking it out with the mercenaries going through these tough terrains, uh, they weren't able to salvage the ships, and the gold just sunk, but now we know the gold, where the gold is in the middle of the ocean, I'm pretty sure the Filipino government was going to die for it and seek whatever was remaining, but the fact that Sully was able to have some, I mean, you got some ancient Spanish gold, these balloons and stuff like that, they're worth millions easily, so they're not exactly broke, especially with a few golden items. I mean, with the bag he had, he had more, obviously, and it wasn't all. Like, there was, I think, four barrels on each ship of gold. It wasn't like in the Aladdin movies where there's like infinite gold through the caves. No, no, it's literally was four bar drum rum barrels full of gold items that they found and um, from the, on the exploits and voyages and they even had fake coffee grounds on the cover almost like a false top and 
So there's four barrels in each one, and he was able to fit, I believe, almost one barrel's worth into a duffel bag, and he had to get rid of the duffel bag. But had he was, had been he been able to keep that and still save Nathan, he would have been a richer man. But that's what the Uncharted game is like. You don't always get all the earnings. You get some things you don't feel like completely ripped off. And in the future, you see what happens with characters if they make a sequel based on the games because this was definitely aspect of the first and fourth game because the fourth game was really about the history of Nathan and his brother. His brother doesn't come up in any of the sequels until I believe the third game and then you actually get to see him in the fourth game and mind you, Sam in the game is a lot older and just like Nathan Drake, older guys. Um, so this is very much a younger version of Sam uh, this in the, in the film and but in this way they kind of retcon not retcon they kind of just showed you an order like him as a kid to begin with when he's in an orphanage in Boston and with his brother and how they separated and then flash forward to modern time so I like that it did that without having to like give you too much of the game without being too much of the uh science fiction aspect of the, of the games there are mythical beasts you fight in the first second and third game so they kind of let that not they didn't rely too much on stuff like that they kind of just let it rely on the storytelling of adventure action and characters and that's cool because if you add a little bit of sci-fi to this film it would have been too hokey but then again even indiana jones had a little elements of like the unknown you can say like the Ark and the Covenant and all that stuff, but in this film, they played it very straight and safe, and I kind of wish they just dived into it. I believe in the first film, these, like, ancient warriors are guarding the ships, I believe, right, or some sort, and I don't know. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's all movie magic. They're gonna cut it down. It was two hours long. They didn't want to make it longer than that, and I'm assuming with the success of this, maybe they might add more of those mythological villains or uh, obstacles in the sequels because they'll have room to play with CGI budget and all that other stuff and also this is the first film guys they're not going to build their own one sitting I mean this is technically a prequel to the first game not actually the story of the first game it just took elements of the first game for sure and now I'm like okay maybe they're going to take it to the actual first game where I believe it was a treasure of some sort with a different villain but we'll wait and see because I think it was intelligent of them to hire a younger protagonist for uh, Nathan Drake looking back at it because again he, these films take time to make and by the time Tom Holland is 30 you know, if only have gone into maybe the second Uncharted film or maybe the third at this point so he'd be the perfect age of Nathan Drake by the time they get to the fourth film if it warrants it so we'll have to see if it warrants sequels or not but I do say this was definitely a fun film 8 out of 10, so I guess I got to 4 to 5. It was it was a fun film. Uh, rewatchable, absolutely. And even though Mark Wahlberg didn't play the perfect Sullivan, he played the perfect version of Mark Wahlberg as Sullivan. So they made their characters in their own because they weren't just like tied to just what we think or know the characters, but also what their interpretations of the characters are. So, with that being said, this has been my review for the Uncharted film by Sony Pictures. Thank y'all for listening to this long-ass-winded uh, explanation of it, of it all. I can't wait to see where the next Sony, I guess, PlayStation film comes out. I hope it's a God of War film. That'd be amazing. But we'll have to wait and see. So, that being said, thank y'all for tuning in. This has been another CJR Media Review on the podcast. Mercenary himself, Christian Joe Ramos, signing off. Till next time, take care. I'm out. Thank you.